So everybody right now, please welcome. Welcome to the Sports Fantasies Podcast, where we break down rankings, projections. Well, hello there. Welcome to the show, everyone. Do you love fantasy sports? And going off the beaten path? Well, then this is the show for you. Oh, yeah. Sports Fantasy with Miller and McCarty. Welcome back Thursday special. Sports Fantasy with Miller and McCarty, episode 62. How we are at 62, no one knows. The show probably should have been canceled after episode 5, which was our first night. But here we are. Gonna start off with the pickle. Gonna do some NFL talk, some baseball talk. A little off the beaten path, which should be very quick. I'm sure Blades or LT. No, no, they don't even exist anymore. We don't know who those guys are. So here we are, back and better than ever. I think we should. I think we should let the listeners know in case anything goes south tonight. Um, that my co-host just told me he was hitting the head with a baseball tonight. So there's no telling. There's no telling what could be said on here. There, uh, there was a situation. I played a doubleheader. It was actually a softball slow pitch doubleheader. I pitched the, the first game. Uh, I chose not to wear a mask. It was a bad decision. Took a liner off the side of my noggin. Um, uh, that was in the Where? first inning of the, of the first game. And so I played the rest of that game plus the second game. And when you say mask, I'm assume we're not talking about a COVID nineteen mask here. That wouldn't have helped much, no. I don't think. Um, <laughs> so essentially, the mask I ended up wearing is kind of similar to like um, a fast pitch softball mask, just yeah. to cover your face. Some guys actually wear the helmets. Uh, I don't have a lot of success with the helmets. They really put a lot of strain on your neck. Uh, this being a rec coed league, I wasn't too worried about it. But there was uh, a guy there that is known to hit middle. Um, it's still on yes. me. He's gunning for pitchers up the middle. I, uh, he's, he's a travel player that hadn't played in, in a year, year and a half. Um, it, it's still on me. I should have got out of the way, especially after being warned. But uh, luckily I got far enough out of the way where it just kind of grazed off my head and it didn't hit me square in the forehead. Yeah, um, but that is – do you say is it a is it slow pitch, pitch softball or just kind of regular old toss it in there? Yeah, it, it, it's slow pitch. So it's 6 to 12 arc. Okay, um, I mean that uh, is that is a dangerous position to be in because I mean people just tee off on those things, and most yeah, people it, don't. Most people choose not to go middle because they don't want to take out a pitcher. But yeah, and of course, me being me and being co-ed, I tend to drink some pickle juice. We'll call it uh, throughout the night. Luckily, it was early in the night. I hadn't had too much pickle juice, so I still had my reaction time for the most part. But he he smoked. It was a really good swing. The kid felt bad. I told him he didn't need to. It was as much on me as it was him. So, But here we are. We will uh, rock and roll through this show, and um, I think it's going to be a good show. I, I have a good feeling about it. I bet you do. <laughs> uh, I, I believe we're going to start with a pickle here. We're going to start with headlines. Um, so what's your first headline? We'll go back and forth here, kind of like table tennis. Oh, okay, perfect. Um the first one, I just saw this today, I believe. Uh, Kyler Murray, all that talk in the offseason, all that worry. He signed five years, 230 mil, all is well in Murray and 
Cardinal land. How do you how do you feel about that? Uh, it was the right move by the Cardinals. I figured they would pay him. I mean, why aren't you going to pay a star quarterback? Um, do I think he is elite? Maybe not. I think he's an elite fantasy player if he's healthy. Um, but as far as NFL quarterback, I think he's good enough to win, though. And I think he could help them win a Super Bowl if he's healthy and the folks around him are healthy. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing Murray's camp probably hoped they could get a couple more years out of that. I think it makes sense for the Cardinals for sure because you're not investing that 10-year deal like you're, you know, whatever Mahomes got there. Um, or just, Allen, be- yeah. just because in all reality, in eight years, Murray, I don't want to say he's going to be out of the league, but he's just not that pocket passer like, like those guys. So I think five years makes sense here. He gets paid. We'll see. Um, I think he's certainly worth it. Uh, we'll just see if he's able to get another big contract when he get near the end of that five-year mark there. I, I do believe now it's possible that he never plays baseball if he didn't get this deal. I think, yeah, he, I, I think he was going to go play baseball. But now that he got the deal, I don't think he will unless unless after five years he's struggling and he doesn't get another big deal in the NFL. Then possibly and he goes and you, tries to play baseball. Yeah, or you may see him in your slow-pitch softball league at that point. That would be perfect. I would you know, have a lot of fun with that. Uh, so my first hot headline here is um, kind of a under the radar move, but it's Kyle Rudolph to the Bucks. Do you think Brady can make him relevant at all, uh, fantasy or otherwise? Um. So yes, uh, I think he can. But again, this is all. I know Gronk is still, you know, saying he's a hundred percent retired. I don't buy that still. Uh, I still think you will see Gronk back, especially if let's say Brady. Let's say the first couple weeks goes by, and Brady is so so. Brady is going to put the pressure to get Gronk back, and that's his buddy. Gronk's going to come back at that point. Now, it's all that you know. I mean, yes, especially because talk about it later, but a pretty good chance I think Godwin is going to start the season on the on the pup list. So you don't have. Uh, Brown there, they're hurting for weapons. So Brait may be the the week one de facto most experienced receiver they have on that team, to be honest. Uh, and Brait has always shown the ability to be decent. He blocks well. Uh, he, he's got some of the same, not nearly as good as Gronk, but some of the same kind of um, he has tangible. He skill set, yeah. Yeah. So, sure. Uh, sure, why not? They're, they might be thinking now maybe they held on to – O.J. Howard, uh, just because I think he's still the more athletic tight end uh, than Bray. And now that Gronk, if Gronk doesn't come back, they'd, they'd probably rather have Howard there. But I did see something today saying that Gronk wants to be uh, Tom Brady's uh, lead underwear model. Okay. Uh, I, guess, I guess Brady has an underwear line. So I think maybe if Brady makes him the, the lead model, that Gronk <laughs> will come back and play. So I fully assume that Gronk will be back to play. I could see all that happening, yes. What's your next headline, sir? Uh, Dickie V, Dick Vitale, was honored at the SPC the other night. Now, look, uh, Vitale, some people love him. Some people dislike him. I don't. He's just such an energetic announcer. Uh, I don't know that um, there's too many people in the middle. Does he make your announcer Mount Rushmore? For college sports, absolutely. Uh, overall, he probably wouldn't. Uh, he's uh, when I was a kid, I loved him. He was he was fun to listen to. He's very energetic. 
he was very passionate about college basketball, but as I grew into an adult, uh, sometimes I found him <laughs> annoying. Um, he was very Duke heavy. Uh, I know a lot of people call him Dukey Vito instead of Dicky, um, but I think he is more than deserving of the SB. I think if you're if you're gonna say um, greatest announcers ever, no. But most recognizable, especially the voice and just the, mm-hmm. the the play calling, then yes, I think he is probably on the rush more in that sense. It's also baby with a capital A. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, my second headline: uh, Justin Jefferson says that Devonte Adams is currently the best wide receiver in the NFL, but soon Justin Jefferson will be the best wide receiver in the NFL. How do you feel about that? I'm fine with that. Uh, they're they're both true. Statements. Well, well, you know, look, it could be Chase, it could be Jefferson. They're going to go back and forth. I think for the next few years, Devonte Adams could arguably still be the. I just, I like that he's going that route. You know, giving props to you know, all wide receivers are confident they got to be. I'm okay with that, uh, but at least he's giving props to somebody else. I like that more than Claypool coming out and saying he's a top three wide receiver in the league. That's a little more far, a little more far, believable. A little more far-fetched, uh, and he's not even giving anybody else any credit. Um, so, so yeah, I was okay with that. I like it. What's your next headline, sir? My next and last one, the Sixers, I saw, are going to get a new arena in 2031. It's going to be in the, in the city, like right in Philly. And so it got me thinking, you know, a lot of times stadiums are built either just outside the city or in the case of Buffalo – not anywhere near the city and in a different city or the New Jersey jets. And, you know, um, oh, look at so you. I like it. it yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm coming around to you, to what you're putting out there. It's tough. Like, so I was going to ask you city versus rural, rural setting. Uh, but obviously as a, a bills fan, you probably enjoy that just kind of being out in the country and having acres upon acres of tailgating lots out in the mud and the, and the grass and all that. But there is something, to be said about building it in the city as well, especially for just revenue wise. I mean, I don't, again, if their team's good, it doesn't matter if you're two miles outside the city, you're in the city, you're going to sell out the games. And I don't know what the big difference is, but. I'll be quite honest when it comes to this question. So I, I've been to, of, of course, the Bill stadium. I've been to places like Bonaventure and the carrier dome. I've been to um, Fenway and I've been to Yankee Stadium now. Quite honestly, the best experience I had was Yankee Stadium. But that's because I stayed in the Bronx. We literally walked there. We walked back. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was no no traffic concerns for us because of that. Um, I love where the Bill Stadium is, except for when you're getting ready to leave. It is miserable leaving there. It it takes forever. Yeah. You're in, you're I mean, the best time I ever had leaving a Bills game was we got a hotel, so we weren't in a hurry. We went back to the car. We fired back up the grill. We made some food, yeah. kept drinking, and uh, and that was the best time I had because I wasn't worried about that. It, it, same thing with the Yankees with the Yankees game. You know, we stayed till the very end. It was a blowout. The Cubs got their butts kicked, but um, I, I knew I didn't have to worry about traffic, and it was really nice. So I think there's advantages to both depending on your situation where you're staying. Now, if I lived in New York City, uh, I probably wouldn't like going to Yankee Stadium very much because it's probably a pain in the butt, depending on how you get there and what time you go. 
Uh, I know normally like you could take the subway to get to Manhattan and it takes about 20 minutes. And that night after the game, it was an hour and a half wait. So, um, yeah. And it seems to be, there's a lot of cities like hockey where the hockey arenas are right in the city. And it's just because you don't have the, the 60, 70, 80,000 person stadiums where you need that extra space for parking and all that is where that comes into play with your, Sometimes your um, your football for sure, and then sometimes uh, baseball. But yeah, there's like you said, advantages to both. Um, yeah, that's all I got in that. All right, so I have two more headlines. I went four here. Uh, luckily, we didn't cross pass. Um, my last headline is my favorite and the funniest. Um, Jimmy G gets permission to seek a trade. I know we talked about this a little bit in our group chat. You are down <laughs> on Jimmy G. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying Jimmy. I'm not saying Jimmy G is gonna, you know, turn to take a team from the number one pick to the Super Bowl. But I think he's confident, and I think he can help a team that has a solid core and defense and help them get to the playoffs. Um, I'm sure you disagree, but let's hear your thoughts. No, a lot of that was me just trying to throw out arguments for Jimmy G. To be honest, I've actually been somewhat of a Jimmy G. Supporter more more when the, the Niners first got him. My whole thing was you know because they were down on him after they went to the Super Bowl, and I know he mm-hmm. wasn't great. He wasn't great, and maybe they didn't make it to the Super Bowl because of him. But the bottom line is he didn't do anything to not get them to the Super Bowl, and they were in that game. And he was just always a decent game manager. He's not going to give you three hundred fifty yards every week and all that, but he was a decent game manager. And he 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 still is that. I just think. At this point, if you're the Niners, you know, you did take Trey Lance a year ago, third overall. Uh, I know there's some question marks with him still, but why wouldn't there be? He is, I mean, he's a rookie in a sense still. Uh, so, look, you know what you're going to get out of Jimmy G. I think Jimmy G is good enough, is solid enough to get the Niners back into the playoffs. If he's the starter mm-hmm. this year, I think they're good enough to at least get in as a wild card or something. But I don't think he's ever shown that he's going to go and win that big game uh, or be the player that takes you over the top. So at this point, why not turn it over to Lance and see what you got? I think that's a fair assessment, but follow-up question to that then. So do you believe the Niners are making a mistake moving off Jimmy G this year? Because I don't think Lance is ready to win a Super Bowl, and I don't know Uh that Lance is ready to take him to the playoffs. I think they're making a mistake if they just take pennies on the dollar for him, if they don't take something decent in return. Because Trey Lance runs around a little bit. He could easily get hurt. Uh, if Jimmy G is not going to be happy about being a backup, but the bottom line is he's still there. The Niners have to trade him. Mm-hmm. So so if Lance struggles really badly the first few few weeks or he gets hurt, you've got a pretty good – you know, Jimmy G would be one of the better backups – in the National Football League. So, again, unless I wouldn't take a, a fourth or fifth rounder for him. I mean, they're going to have to get – if they get something good in return that is going to help build around Lance, then sure, I'm okay with that. But otherwise, I think you stick and you've got two quarterbacks that you could turn to this year. All right, so my last one. This is this is the one I'm going to have the most fun with. Um, so – the Bucks and Tom Brady are going to win the Super Bowl. Now, you might ask me how I know this. <laughs> yeah, I would, yeah. 
is because Jennifer Lopez is getting married. Every okay. time, every year J-Lo has got married in the past, Tom Brady has won the Super Bowl the, that year or the following year. <laughs> what a so, stat. So, so the Bucks are winning the Super Bowl. It's a good trivia question right there. Well, look, I mean, they certainly could. Uh, you know, they might need more than Cameron Bright to throw the ball to, but they certainly could. <laughs> it's an interesting stat, though. I hadn't heard that before. Yeah, uh, I, I came across it when I was doing my research today on ESPN, and uh, I thought it was worth mentioning. So, who would even think to like? How do you how do you connect those dots? You know, like who is searching for that information and putting that together is what I want to know. I'm sure what happened is somebody knows that when she married Ben Affleck the first time, because that's who she's marrying this time, of course. Uh, you got the 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 Benefer going again. Um, so wait, 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 wait. Wait a second, what? Yeah, she's getting married to Ben Affleck again. That's who she's marrying. Again? Oh, I didn't know this. I'm not, this, they, is another, this is a completely separate headline. we got to go to this. They, they may not have been married in the past. They were definitely together because I remember yeah, the first story. They, um, and they had the movie. Um, uh, what was that movie? It was a poorly rated movie. But anyway, they had a movie together. I, I, I do know that uh, J-Lo has more rings or as many rings as Tom Brady. Um, so. <laughs> well, this is all. Uh, this is great. This is great news. You know, I'm a Ben fan. Uh, I'm a J Lo fan. I love that these two are back together. This makes me happy. Yes, better for part two. All right. So now, so now we're jumping into the three top things that we're looking forward to at Bill's uh, training camp during. Oh the, yeah. During the preseason here. Of course, we I, I put this in here because we're both Bills fans. But what was your number three here? The running back battle. And really, it's not much of a battle. More so just how do Singletary and James Cook coexist? I'm not even factoring uh, Zach Moss in at Zach this point. Mawson. Does I think early on what you're going to see, I still think Singletary is that early down guy and Cook will be out there on some passing downs. But at what point does that become – a problem like at what point does cook start showing that he has a little bit more potential and talent than singletary and 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 does that happen does it that take to the season to get to or do we start hearing those rumors in camp all right so this is actually my number one thing because this is the thing i'm most interesting interested in watching throughout the preseason uh the starting running back how they're being rotated and how they're being used uh cook definitely catches the ball better out of the backfield than singletary does uh, which makes him valuable, especially on third down. But is he good enough to overtake him on first and second down, or either of those downs? Is he going to be two out of the out of the three, or is he going to be one out of the three? And um, I don't think it even be a question, except for the fact that Singletary was really good the last month of the season, and then in the playoffs for Buffalo, he showed that that he was really yeah. could handle that load. So I think if Singletary had struggled. You know, and Ben average, it wouldn't even be a, a contest, and, and Cook would just come out and be challenging almost for a three down back. But that's not going to happen right off the bat. Agreed. What's your, what was your number two here? So I went again, offense, another battle, and the wide receiver battle. And, and again, not so much a battle. We know Diggs is the alpha. He, he's your he's your wide receiver one there. It looks like Davis is is definitely going to get his shot to be wide receiver two. So I don't think there's any questions there. 
and then it comes down to me what you get out of that because they're going to need a third wide receiver. Is it going to be Crowder that steps up? You've got Isaiah McKenzie coming back who showed flashes last year of being decent. Um, you've got a couple of draft picks. So just some question marks there as to, one, is Davis going to take that next step forward and be a more a consistent wide receiver too? Can he do that? And then who's going to be that third guy? Uh, interesting enough, so my number two was Khalil Shakir's ability to learn the offense and gel with Allen. People are speaking very highly of, of Shakir. Um, a lot of people think he's going to come in and be the number three. They think he's going to pass the guys you mentioned, and he's going to be the number three. He's a, he'll start in a slot from day one. So I'm curious to see what he does and if he can gel with <coughs> Allen quickly um, because he's an exciting explosive receiver who could be a lot of fun to to watch. Yeah. I've got Shakir in in one of our other uh, segments we'll get to, but the only thing that, that I question about that is just that it's a fifth round draft stock. And we know that the long shot, it kind of is for those fourth, fifth, sixth round guys to really make an impact, especially in a rookie year. Absolutely. What was your last one? here? My number one, I wanted to switch it over. I'm actually most interested in seeing just what the defense is going to do. You got Von Miller there now. Uh, so I'm just interested to see him just, you know, day to day, everywhere he's gone, he's kind of been a leader. He's got that voice. So I'm just, it's going to be fun to watch him play. You know, we know the offense is going to be great and the defense is really good last year, but. I think the defense is the one that really still has to take one more step forward for the Bills to truly be a contender. So we got Trey White back. How does he look in camp? And so just seeing what, how that um, defense kind of pans out in camp. So I essentially did my three in reverse here. So uh, this is not going to be very exciting. But my number three, and now my number one because of the way this shook out, the backup quarterback job. Uh, Case Keenum versus Matt Barkley. Matt Barkley was there. Quarterback. Uh, Matt Barkley was there last year. Um, and the only reason I, I listed this here is because, you know, obviously Josh is great and we all love watching him. But if something is to happen to him, this team is good enough if they get anything out of their quarterback where they can still be competitive. So uh, I believe Keenum is the leader in the clubhouse after the trade they made for him. I think Barkley could end up getting cut. But I'm at least going to pay attention to this. Barkley does know the offense. He has some rapport with uh, the receivers, tight ends, linemen, etc. So I am curious to see how that backup quarterback job shakes out. I'll be honest, I went all offense here because I am not worried at all about the defense. Uh, the defense is going to be fine. That is McDermott's specialty. Leslie Frazier's back as long as he doesn't forget how coach like he did the last 13 seconds of the Chiefs game. We should be fine with him. I'm, so I'm probably looking to move Zach Moss, Case Keenum, and a sixth for Jimmy G. Is our get really? him, and there's a backup. Yes, sir. Really? Yes, sir. Yes, yes, Interesting. Please. He he does know how to beat Belichick, right? <laughs> sure, sure. All right. So I think from there we're going to go to odds are. So three we like, two we don't. Uh, something with NFL future bets I, I put here. So what was your number three, two, and one on the side that you like? Three, two, and one. All right, number three. This was a boost that showed up the other day on Caesars. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, or Jarvis Landry 
regular season receiving yards leader. Pays out at plus 450 pickles. You can forget about Jarvis Landry. They just threw that in there for fun, I guess. <laughs> but Chase or Jefferson um, certainly have the uh, uh, a chance of beating the uh, of being the top receiving yards leader. So I don't mind that play there. My number two, the Rams at plus 135 uh, to win the division. Uh, again, it's not a huge pay out there, but the fact that they're even a plus, I do expect them to win that division by a couple games, even though it's it's going to be somewhat closer, but you're going to have uh, the, of course, Seattle's down, uh, the Niners, it's going to depend a lot on Lance, and then you've got the Cardinals, who they got Murray, but you're missing Hopkins for six weeks, so I just, I think that's a pretty safe play there. Uh, my number one is actually... I've got one, two, three, four. I've got five for my five bonuses for my number one, but I'm going to tell you what, because I found I found this I found this thing on Caesars that I thought was was really interesting. So I want to get your I want to see if if you match up with me. So this was you can you can you can go on there and bet this college versus pro regular season wins. So the first one up, who's going to win more regular season games, the Rams or the Georgia Bulldogs? The Rams. That's who I took because you figure look, college they play twelve games. So yeah, if Georgia yeah. loses, if Georgia loses one, the Rams just have to win twelve, and I think they can do that. Next one, Tampa Bay Bucks or Alabama. Well, I'm gonna lead Tampa. Yeah, you probably should. I went Bama there just because I don't bet against Alabama. Uh, next up, I don't the, bet against Tom Brady because every time I do it, bites me in the butt. That's that's true. Uh, the Steelers or the University of Pittsburgh? Ooh, I, will, I will tell you, the, I, I, will, I will tell you, the University of Pittsburgh is pre-ranked number thirteen, top twenty-five. I, 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 even before knowing that, I probably would take the University of Pittsburgh, just because yeah. I don't know how much I believe in Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett. Pickett, uh, Pickett shows up later in the show. I'm with you there with the with you of Pitt. Uh, just two more, don't worry. And this one isn't even a. You don't have to tell me a, the Giants or LSU. How far has LSU fallen? Uh, the the in this list, they just have to beat out the Giants for the number of wins. I mean, they're falling. Honest. I'll be honest. I might take the Giants here, uh, that, but that's how bad it's gotten in LSU. Because only because Vegas has those big buildings because they know what they're doing. So if that's an option, I might I might take the Giants here. Last one: the Bengals or the University of Cincinnati? Cincinnati went twelve and zero in the regular season last year uh, in college. Who was it? Cincinnati and who? And Cincinnati. The Bengals. I'll I'll take the Bengals, sir. I did too, just because I could see the University of Cincinnati getting maybe like 10 wins this year, and and the Bengals are going to win more than 10 games. All right. That's all for me. I just thought those were fun ones. All right. So my I only have three here. Um, You don't have eight eight like me? The the first two are rookie-based. The last one is homer-based. So the first one. That I like. Traylon Burks, over 790.5 receiving yards. I actually love this one. Uh, even with Ryan Tannehill as his quarterback, uh, I, I like this one a lot. I think that he gets over 800 no problem as long as he stays healthy. Of course, you can't predict injuries. So I would I would hammer the over on that one all day. I like the over, too. There are, there's some worries right now with Burks. And just he's out of shape and whatnot. But... It doesn't. He'll get in shape by the season, I would imagine. Yeah, we have, and we have 
for, 49 days now to the Bills Bills Rams game. Yeah, so I I I would take the over if I'm going to take that as well. Uh, Breesy Hall over 810.5 rushing yards. I wish this was all purpose yards. I'd feel more even better about it. But I just don't know who else on that Jets offense is going to do anything. So I like Breesy Hall over 810 and a half rushing yards. I agree. And the last one, Josh Allen is plus 1,000 to lead the league in TD passes. Um, so I I love that. Uh, even if he doesn't get there, you could you could throw twenty five pickles of this one for a, a, a very nice return. Um, so it's good. I, I, it's good value. I, I think Tom Brady is the most likely to lead, and I think he's plus six hundred. So I like Allen at plus a thousand more than I like Brady at plus. 600 or 400, wherever he was. Allen's going to lose a few when he gets inside 10 yards because yeah, he'll get some of those run. rushing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. What about on the other side? What are two you didn't like? Uh, oh, f- first off, I forgot to mention this. Shout out to me. Uh, you know, there was a boost on Caesars uh, for uh, – it was plus 3,000 if the American League beat the National League 3-2 to two in the All-Star game. I, 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 you know, only five pickles, so a, a good good return in pickles on that. I wish I put uh, my mortgage on that, but who would do that? So <laughs> uh, next up, yeah, but the two I don't like. So I talked about the Rams at plus 135. Part of the reason I put that in here is because I do not like the Niners at plus 180 to win that division because it's really slightly behind the Rams. Uh, Debo wants out. We still don't know what's going to happen with that. I suspect Debo ends up staying. They figure that out and he'll be just fine. But there is that chance. Much like Kyler, I think, yeah. Yeah, there is that chance they move him. Ayuk, I don't know what to expect this year. He could be really good or he could be like he was the first 12 weeks last year and and do nothing and be in the doghouse. And there's going to be some growing pains with Lance. They're going to trade Jimmy G. So, you know, if Lance isn't really good or if either Debo wants out or Ayuk isn't that number two, um, the Niners could struggle more than people think this year. So I don't like that at plus 180. Not enough pickles there. And then uh, the next one or the first one, Kyler Murray, most regular season passing yards. Uh, It's a good payout. It's plus 2,200. But you don't have Hopkins for the first six six weeks of the season. He uses his legs a lot. There is that injury risk there, so I just don't think it's worth putting anything. I don't. I don't think there's a chance that he. I like Murray a lot, but I don't think there's a chance he has the most regular season passing yards. All right, I would agree with both of those. Uh, so the two I don't like, uh, Garrett Wilson, who I actually like long term a lot, but I don't like him for over seven hundred twenty five point five receiving yards in his rookie year mostly because I don't know that I trust Zach Attack Wilson or the Jets to stay healthy. I think they're going to try to run the ball more than they throw it. And, of course, because I like hammering the New Jersey Jets, my number one here was New Jersey Jets over two division wins at minus 130. I don't think that they win two division games, let alone three. (laughs) Well, they could beat the Dolphins once. And they, they, they probably could, won't. They probably won't. They could, they, they could beat the, beat Patriots, the Patriots once. once. 
They're not beating them twice, and they're not beating the Bills, right? Ah, you know, sometimes they play the Bills tough. Of course, that's when the Bills weren't very good either. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I think you've got to go under there. You certainly can't go over. I know that. I agree. I think that ends our pickle, correct, sir? Oh, yeah. Not terrible. Only 33 minutes. We're off to a good start. You know, we got another 60 to go. Sounds good. All right, then. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Sports Fantasies with Miller and McCarty. All right, we are back. Segment one. We're going to talk some NFL now. And let's start out here, Miller. Three rookies that you love versus their fantasy draft position. We're looking at, well, at least I looked at Dynasty here. I don't, I'm assuming you did too, but uh, I don't yeah, know that for so sure. I looked at Dynasty, but I, I looked at the rookie drafts, not necessarily like uh, a startup. Okay. Fair. Um, Let's so just go my, back and forth here. Who's your third? My number three is uh, Brishy Hall, currently getting drafted 1-1 in the rookie drafts. Best player, a lot of upside, with a lot of opportunity. As much as I hate the Jets from New Jersey, I do like Breezy Hall and his potential with the Jets. But being that he's 1-1, I didn't want to put him any higher than three. Okay. Um, so I looked at this as a uh, – with everybody involved. So I was just looking at ADPs and rookies. So we went a little different here, but that's okay. So my first one up – uh, rookies that I like, uh, John Michi, the third out of Alabama. He has an ADP of 211, uh, if you're throwing all things considered, or in a startup dynasty. Uh, he was an early second rounder uh, pick in the NFL draft. I think Brandon Cooks is going to be gone at some point this year. I don't think Nico, Nico Collins is really that good in Houston. And so I, I think uh, he's being a little undervalued here as a rookie. I think he has a chance uh, this year, next year, next couple of years to be a decent receiver. All right. My number two, a guy I've talked about a few times leading up to, of course, these rookie drafts, Kansas City wide receiver Sky Moore, currently getting drafted at 110 in most rookie drafts. I believe he can be the top scoring wide receiver in this class for the next one to two seasons because Seema Holmes and what he did with Tyreek Hill. I'm not saying that Sky is going to be Tyreek Hill, but uh, there is going to be a lot of opportunity in Kansas City, and I don't see why Sky Moore can't fill at least some of that role and be the top scoring wide receiver for a year or two there. You love you some Sky. Uh, my next up, this guy, we talked about him earlier. He doesn't even have an ADP. That's how little he's even being drafted. Fifth round pick by Buffalo, Khalil Shakir, I believe out, believe out of Boise State. Boise State, uh, yeah. Look, the player comp of the game was Debo Samuel. That's good company. So to me, he's just, look, if you've got a, a, a late round flyer in your draft, scoop him up because you never know if he does get that third spot in Buffalo, or even if they use him as some type of a gadget player, uh, he could be, he could be good. He could be useful. And I think he will actually go undrafted uh, in most leagues, in most of your startup leagues and, and definitely in 
rookie drafts, depending on how many rounds you have, it's possible. Uh, in rookie drafts that were, and he will not go undrafted because there's too many Bills fans in all of them for him. That's, that's true. That's true. Um, my number one here is a guy that's down there with you, Traylon Burks, going 1-5 in most rookie drafts. Love his upside in Tennessee. Would like it even more if they had someone besides Tannehill throwing the ball. But I think uh, Traylon Burks, if not this year, over the next few years, is going to be uh, a force to be reckoned with down there in Tennessee. I think he's definitely going to have the most – or up there with the most opportunity of any rookie wide receiver other than maybe Drake London, just because the only other wide receiver you have there is Robert Woods. And you just traded away A.J. Brown, and this essentially is the replacement. So he's going to get every chance to, to play right off the jump. My number one, uh, Jalen Tolbert of the Cowboys. He's currently going 196 overall in a startup. Gallup's not going to be healthy to start the season. We know that. The Cowboys have already been saying they plan on him being the starter opposite Lamb. So, again, at that point, uh, I think he's definitely worth a flyer, especially if he builds some type of rapport with Dak in uh, preseason. He was a a third-round pick by the Cowboys. So, you know, not the best draft stock, not the worst draft stock, but that's a, that's a high-flying offense. Uh, he could well outperform that 196 ADP. Yeah, I can't disagree with you there. Uh, now we're flipping it over to the the three that we don't like oh, or hate. Sorry, sorry, I'm I'm oh, off wait, my job you, here. Hang on. You, you got some b- 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 bonuses. I have none. So give me the first one. Rookies, you you say hey. I don't like that. Rookies, you dislike versus their fantasy draft. I like to say hate just because I know it makes you squirm a little bit. Uh, <laughs> number three here, Kenny Pickett, who is currently going two eight. Uh, and I believe these uh, all of these um, picks are in 10-team drafts. Uh, so 2-8 is the end of the second round. Uh, I believe all the quarterbacks in this draft are question marks, and I'm not sure mm-hmm. I take any of them before the third round, especially in 10-team drafts. Um, and it would probably be late third round for me. So 2-8 is too early as far as a quarterback goes, even Kenny Pickett the University of Pitt star who is now with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're probably right. I'm debating it in a couple leagues just where I don't have any type of backup and I have a bunch of second rounders, so maybe I'll take a quarterback. I doubt I will, but it's it's it would probably be a late second. Um, super flex, I think that moves up a little bit. You know, I'm okay taking a picket, a Willis, something like that, Quite early honestly, second, it, it, even late first. In, in a super flex, 2-8 is probably a a steal when you're looking at a quarterback just because of the importance of the quarterback position. Yeah. All right, my third one, uh, I think you like this guy a little more than I do, Isaiah Spiller. Uh, he is currently going to pick 106 in a startup. And I just – look, he, he's not going to see the field if Eckler is healthy. I know there's always question marks on Eckler. And at some point, Eckler will not be healthy. But even given that, he's a fourth rounder. And I just don't uh, – that's a big thing for me, these these running backs that are taken uh, past the third round. I saw a stat today. It's less than a 5% hit rate on a running back taken after the third round, meaning less than 5% chance that they're going to be at any point in their career a legitimate fantasy player. 
so I just playing the odds game there. I don't mind taking him in a rookie draft mid to late second round just because look all the uh, the rookies passed about the first eight nine ten picks it's really a crapshoot you're gonna have to get lucky anyway so i'm okay taking him in the second round of a of a rookie but in an adp i just feel like almost being a top 100 player is, is way too much no I, I i can't argue the too much although spiller does come up in the next portion of this segment for me so i don't want to talk too much about him my number two here is probably going to surprise you a little bit. Uh, James Cook, who has moved up to 1-8 in the, in the rookie ADP. Uh, he mm-hmm. was in the mid-twos. It's your the fault. Last time. The, you blame yourself for that. The people I, are listening to you, Miller. The, the last time we talked about this, he was, in, he was in the mid to late second. Now he has jumped up to 1-8. Um, and because of the uncertainty and not knowing – how many carries he's going to get. Because if you're the number one in Buffalo, you know how many carries you're going to get. So if he ends up being the number two, I think one eight's too early to draft him. Although I do understand the intrigue and upside. I just think one eight is overdrafting him a little bit, even in a 12-team league. Yeah, and it just, again, in a, in a normal draft year, he probably isn't one eight. I just did so few. Outside of Bracey Hall, you know, you've got Walker, and then it's kind of Cook. That is that de facto third, or in some people's book, even second running back. There's just not a whole lot of talent running back this year, and, and that's why he's I think, creep, I think creeping he's up. The second or third most talented running back in this class. I think it comes, it could be. Him, I think it comes down to him and Spiller for two and three. Uh, you will hear what I think about Walker very soon. What is your number two, sir? My number two is another running back. It is Rashad White of the Bucks. Again, if it's a rookie. Dynasty draft, I'm okay taking him at some point in the second round just because there's not a lot of running backs. But uh, he, he has an ADP right now of 136. And so for me, that's a, a bit high. He's going to need a four-night injury to even see the field this year. Um, he does have – It's a late. he was a late third-round pick by the Bucks. I think third uh, round, 27th overall. So we're bordering on that, that fourth round where I just, mm-hmm. just told you I don't, li- I don't like that fourth round stock. Um, so, I, I, again, you get Rashad White closer to the 180, 190 range in a draft. I'm okay with that. 136 is just too high. What's your number one? Uh, guy you just mentioned, Kenneth Walker. He's currently being drafted at 1-3 in rookie drafts. Um, quite honestly, I can't take a guy in the top five that I don't know if he is going to be – he's not going to be the starter. Penny's going to be the starter until he gets hurt. And I don't know if Walker's going to be number two coming out of camp. It's going to be a by committee there in Seattle. Could Walker end up overtaking that two or even one spot? Sure. But um, I am going to lean receivers after Bracey. Uh, not willing to take Kenneth Walker in the top – Three. I would take him in the top five, quite honestly. I, I know I might be in the minority there. Uh, not a fan of Seattle running backs and not a fan of Kenneth Walker. Yeah, I definitely like him a lot more than you. Uh, now, I agree with what you're saying. I, I don't think I could take him. I definitely couldn't take him at three. No way. And, and probably not top five. Now, there's the one draft where I have a pick uh, uh, first overall, and then I have the sixth pick. If Walker's there at six, I would consider that. It just kind of depends on what wide receivers are still there as well. What's, um, what's, what's silly about me saying all this is that 1-6, I think that is is right. So I know we're only talking three three picks, 
But in my opinion, that's a big difference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get to the point where, yes, uh, he's a bad pick at one five, but if he slipped to you at one eight, then you have to take it, kind of thing, you know. So I, I get that. My my first one again. I went running back, and really with all these, to be honest, it's okay. I I don't, you know, I say just like I had an easier time, honestly, with the with the previous category, the rookies that I love versus their fantasy draft position, because the bottom line is I'm, I'm going to say a guy, Hassan Hask, Haskins, Haskins here. He's picked 185, ADP of 185. The other running backs and players surrounding 185 are a bunch of toss-ups too. So if you want to go for this guy at 185, by all, by all means do it. I just didn't love this pick by the Titans to begin with. Uh, he wasn't even projected to be drafted. And if he was, it would be kind of a sixth round guy. The Titans took him in the fourth. Uh, just they could have got him in the fifth. I think they could have got him in the sixth. So even if Henry gets injured, I just don't see the Titans turning the ball over to Haskins as even a, a two or three down back. Uh, they'll bring in a vet like they did last year with Deontay Foreman or just kind of a somebody that can isn't going to fumble don't the ball they, and not a rookie. Don't they, don't they have another young kid there? They Well, they had the one that they took in the third round a couple of years ago. Where did they let uh, him but, go? Yeah, he's gone. All he's right. gone. So Haskins is probably going to be the backup. I just think, again, if Henry gets hurt, I think they'll just go get another veteran. So, and and being a late fourth round pick, I just don't think he has really any value uh, long term either. So in a dynasty league, I, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd go another route at one eighty five. All right, next up, we are going to go into some rapid fire. We did this previously. Uh, basically, give us we're going to look at two players, uh, or we're going to give each other two players, I guess, and we'll tell each other why we're going to take them, uh, which one we're going to take and why. And we were looking at dynasty leagues and rookies versus veterans. So you can go ahead with your with your five through three for me. All right, so my number five. Christian McCaffrey versus Greasy Hall. Ooh, a tough one right out the gate. Uh, I feel like since I have a number one pick in, in a draft, and I, you know I'm going Hall, I've got to be Team Hall right here. Uh, and I, to me, this depends a little bit on if let, – let's say this is a, a league that's been in play and you're a competitor. I think McCaffrey still has the better bet to be the better running back this year. Uh, but look, Hall is uh, 21 years old. He's going to be a three-down back for the New Jersey Jets. Uh, uh, give me Hall. Give me Hall. Just give me Hall. That's all. I already know where you're going to go with the second one. Uh, I should have made that first one my number one, but I didn't. I, I chickened out because I wanted to beat you to the punch in case you had something similar. Uh, my, <laughs> my, 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 my number four, Isaiah Spiller versus uh, Mr. Eckler. Oh boy, I, I, I'm still I'm taking Eckler all day there. That's not even again. I I just told really? you I don't even know that I would draft Spiller it's in a like, rookie draft. It, it, it's what though, twenty seven versus twenty one. I get it, but okay. With Eckler's injury history, here's my problem with fourth round draft stock. Here's my problem with fourth round draft stock. Every year, there is that chance they're going to go out and draft a running back in the second or third round. And that person's always going to get the better shot. That there are so few fourth rounders. Now, there's fourth rounders and beyond that have 
make an impact on a fantasy season because of injuries, et cetera. But the bottom line is that team goes out and gets a higher draft stock rookie the next year, and, and all of a sudden they're done. So I, I just don't see Spiller have any long-term – In rest of the Niners. And Eckler, again, I know the health is the main piece here. It wouldn't even be a question. But Eckler is uh, – he's 20 points a game yeah, when he's playing and, there. And, and quite honestly, when you're looking at this from a short term, I think the next three years you take Eckler all day. But if you're talking six, seven, eight, nine years and – I would take a 35-year-old Eckler. Spiller's 21. 30-year-old. Uh, yeah, Spiller, yeah. Oh. All right, so my number three. You got Amari Cooper versus Drake London. I want to back up for a second. Uh, you may see me take Spiller. I've got a lot of second-round picks. You may see me take him somewhere, but just know I, I don't like him. All right, what's the next one? Uh, Amari Cooper versus Drake London. Ooh, this is interesting. I've got a Cooper one on here for you. So versus Drake London, uh, Drake London, and I don't think that's even really close for me. Just given the age, given the Coopers might outscore him for the next year or two, but he might not. And beyond that, couple next couple of years, Drake is, I think, definitely going to outscore him. So I would take Drake all day there. Drake London is, of course, 20. The reason I put this one around here, uh, I think London is probably the better pick as well. I think it's close, mostly because we don't know who the Atlanta quarterback is going to be. Um, I mean, yeah, Cooper's going to be better this year. Cooper's going to outscore him this year. He, he could, he could be better for the next three to four or five years, even. But what I mean, if, but if Watson is suspended for the year, the Browns don't have another quarterback, so it could be pretty close still, even with that. This year, but next year in Atlanta, you're probably turning over to what the first, second, third pick in the draft. So yeah. you're you're looking at rookie growing pains. And then you also have Ridley coming back next year. Um, a lot of things factored in there. Well, I'll get into my first one. It's pretty similar then. Amari Cooper or Trey Burks? Uh, interesting enough, I'd probably go Trey Burks here. After all I just said. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm. It's funny because I was down on Trey Burks for a little while. But the more I looked into it, I know there are some concerns him maybe being out of, out of shape at this moment. Uh, I think overall, though, I like Brooks a lot, and I he doesn't really have a competitor to be number one. If if we're honest, Woods is great, but he's he's a two or a slot guy. He's not going to be the number one receiver. Um, yep. He will take it. He will take attention off of Burks. So I like Burks, probably honestly in the short and the long term. Excuse me. All right, next one up is another guy you talked about, uh, Reese Hall or Nick Chubb. I'm going to take Hall only because if, if Hall does any of what I think he's going to do, he's not going to be in a committee situation. Chubb is still dealing with a committee there in Cleveland. They have not let him have the ball by himself, and he still has been injured a few times. Maybe that's why they haven't let him be all by himself in Cleveland. He's still dealing with Kareem Hunt, of course. So um, I just think the possibility of – Creasy Hall running the show in New Jersey by himself looks better to me than Hunt or than Chubb being in a a committee and being older and he does have some injury concerns. All right, and my third one is two players that I know you're not high on, so I did it. Uh, Antonio Gibson or Kenny Walker. Oh, oh. 
Oh, <laughs> I don't even know what to do with myself here. Uh, I would probably lean Gibson. Uh, Gibson has had some success in the league. Um, again, Kenny Walker could come out and be the best player in this draft class. Or he could come out and run the ball 22 times on the year. Uh, Seattle is such a wild card when it comes to running backs. They love Rashad Penny and have forever. There's a couple other guys they've held on to forever there. Um, so I just think because of that, I would lean Gibson, although I do not like Gibson yeah, either. You do not. You know I like Gibson a lot more than you, but I, you have to lean Gibson here. Gibson still is only 24. So, All right, what is your number two? My number two. So I went uh, two running back battles, a wide receiver. So I went tight end here because I thought it'd be funny. Uh, the aforementioned Kyle Rudolph versus Trey McBride. Of course, the number one tight end taken by the Cardinals. Um, he is $8 in our league. Um, our leagues. So Kyle Rudolph versus Trey McBride. What do you think here, Mr. McCartney? Wait a second. First off, I want to I wanna go back for a second. Kyle Rudolph. Didn't okay when we first started the show, you gave me a headline. You were talking about Kyle Rudolph, right? Yeah, and you were not talking about Kyle Rudolph. And then, and then I started, and I started talking about Cameron Bray. Why <laughs> did you not stop me and and say, Mister McCarty, what are you talking about? What I did not even mention Kyle Rudolph's name. It's just now all coming. It's not, it's all hitting me right now. <laughs> My favorite part about this is now that you talk about Cameron Bray for the two minutes you talked about it. Then we went to the next topic, and you brought up Cameron Braid again. Tom <laughs> Brady's only weapon. When, of course, he still has Mike uh, as well. But, yes. You would you would have thought that I was the one that got hit in the head tonight with a softball. <laughs> but it was – okay, that's fun. I wasn't going to stop you there. So, Kyle Rudolph yep. versus Trey McBride. Well, look, you know, Cameron Braid's going to be the man in Tampa. So, first, Trey McBride. Uh, well, in a dynasty league – I think I'm definitely going McBride only because what's, I mean, okay. Kyle Rudolph might come in and he could have a decent year with Brady, you know, next to, next to Cameron Bray. But if, if, if Grant comes back, Rudolph is pretty much worthless. Rudolph, I mean, he's nearing the end of his career. So I, I would rather just take a flyer on a guy like McBride than, than get my eight or nine points a week off of Rudolph. The reason I put this one in here is because, A, I wanted to go uh, position by position. B, because uh, tight ends, rookie tight ends, uh, about a 77 to 79% turnover rate. So there's a chance that Rudolph outlasts McBride, even though McBride is about 22 years old. Yeah, I mean, you're right. All right, my number two, I've got a Drake London one for you. Drake London or Chris Godwin? I'm going to go Godwin, uh, only because of somewhat I just mentioned. Godwin does scare me a little bit because of injuries. But um, so you, you have London. Uh, you don't have a quarterback in Atlanta right now. You don't know who the quarterback is going to be going forward. Um, they're going to have two proven receivers ahead of London next year when Ridley comes back. So I think, and plus you got Pitts there too. There's going to be a lot of options in London. Not saying London can't be good. I actually liked London a lot coming out of the draft. I didn't love his landing spot, which we talked about in a previous episode. So I think I'd go Godwin there. All right. What's your number one? Number one 
Uh, so I have mentioned running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. That leads us to the most important position in football, the quarterback. <laughs> and I went Baker Mayfield versus any rookie quarterback. Yeah, I'd take the rookie quarterbacks, to be honest. In a dynasty, I would take any of them, or is there well, well, you're, thinking of? you're saying any? I, I can think of three. I would take over Baker, I, uh, Pickett, Willis, and is it Ritter? Ritter, yeah. the guy out of Atlanta. Yeah, just because I don't think Marcus Mariota is going to be the starter after week two. So give I'll me any one of those three over Baker. I'll be quite honest, I would not take any one of those guys over Baker Mayfield. That is how much I am down. All of a sudden, class. this guy is a Baker fan. I, no, I'm not a big. I, I was a Baker fan coming out of college. Uh, I liked some of his antics that other people didn't. Um, but now he is so involved in commercials and not so much football. I, I do think he has a chip on his shoulder. I'm not saying Carolina is going to be the place he breaks out, but I do not like any of these well, quarterbacks. I would somewhat agree. I, like if Baker was still 24, maybe even 25, he's going to be 28 this year. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's not exactly – he's not the rookie Baker anymore. Uh, but this is kind of his last shot this year, I feel like, is, is being – we've talked about it, Baker way more than we should have over the 62 episodes we've had here. But I'll be quite honest. Number- <laughs> I, I don't know if any of the three mentioned or Baker ever are a full-time starter in the league yeah, after this year. It's reasonable that they're not. My <laughs> first one, I went to the Saints. Chris Olave or Michael Thomas? Michael Thomas. Okay. Although I, I did read something today that Olave is the best route runner to come out of college in some time. Uh, but here's the thing. Jameis Witness, Winston, doesn't care about route, route running. He cares about the guy that's open or he thinks it's open. He's just going to chuck the ball up. That is Michael Thomas. If Michael Thomas is healthy at all, Michael Thomas is where the value's at. Yes, I own Michael Thomas in the league at $69. I'm looking to trade him. Very good value. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think at this point in Thomas's career, I'd have to go Olave, but I think Thomas is definitely going to be the better play this year for sure. All right, let's move on into Kiss or Kick. Let's move on into Kiss or Kick. I'm going to give you my three first, Damn. just because I can. Oh wait, maybe we show. So while no, he's man, doing he, that, he first. I just need my app to load again. These guys always loading his app. Always loading his app. There he is. All right, let's go. What do you got? So I stuck. I liked the rapid fire, so I kind of stuck with it for the most part on my Kister Kick. Um, Kister Kick drafting Malik Willis over Kenny Pickett. I'm going to kiss that. Um, not because I love Willis, but I don't like Pickett. I think Mitch Trubisky wins that job in Pittsburgh, and I think Pickett is soon to be forgotten about. He was a great player at the University of Pittsburgh, not a great player for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Fair enough. And next up, uh, two Lions wide receivers. Kiss or kick, drafting Jamison Williams over Amon St. Brown. I love it, but with an asterisk here, uh, if you are a win-now team, you might take St. Brown over Williams because of the injury concern. But if you are a team building for the future, I think it's Williams over St. Brown. All right, my last one. Two uh, Jets wide receivers drafting Garrett Wilson over Elijah Moore. 
I like Garrett Wilson a lot long term. Elijah Moore is the guy that I tried to get from Nelson today that I didn't realize was rated as high as he is in, in the dynasty format. I was actually quite he surprised. Was, he, he was like wide receiver six last maybe six weeks of the season last year or something like that. Yeah, and he is currently a top 20 dynasty wide receiver in most rankings, which shocked me. That's just my hate for the New Jersey Jets. But I, I told you he's the man last year. I believe Wilson is going to be better. I'm probably wrong, but it's New Jersey Jets, and I don't care. You are, but go ahead. Keep going. All right. Kiss or kick? What you got? Spending more dollars, fantasy dollars, on any rookie quarterback than you would on Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, (laughs) etc. Yes. Uh, I mean, you know I'm going to say that. I just told you. Well, yes, uh, we, it's funny. I didn't realize I put these back to back, so my bad. All of those guys, I'll take the three I just talked to you about over them. All right. Uh, kiss or kick, taking any wide receiver over Breesy Hall in a rookie? No. I think Breesy, uh, you know, unless you're you draft late and he gets injured at some point, you just have to take him at the number one pick, and I'm and I'm pretty confident with that pick. I don't think it's really much of a toss up, to be honest. It's funny you should say that because I like Breesy quite a lot, as I mentioned tonight. But there's one wide receiver I would consider over him. Don't say Sky Moore. I'm not going to say Sky Moore, although I do okay. love him some Sky Moore. Um, and it actually surprised you as his teammate. Huh? His it's teammate. His teammate. I don't know Garrett what, Wilson. What, oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. Would you consider Garrett Wilson at 1-1? Yep. Even with Zach attacking the Jets? Yep. I would. You sure that, you, are you sure that ball didn't hit you square on? <laughs> <laughs> I am positive. I am positive. The more research I do, the better Garrett Wilson is looking. I've done right. zero. I, look, I, I, I like Garrett Wilson. I've I think done he's, zero research on the rookie dress because I don't have any picks in the first round. <laughs> Or second, I I have done a ton just because I have so many picks at like either the end of the round one, beginning of round two, and that's where all those wide receivers kind of fall in. Now Wilson won't make it that long, but I I I I do agree. Like Wilson in some drafts is going closer to like five or six. I think that's a steal there for Wilson. I agree with that. I just wouldn't take him at one. I think you could you could argue Wilson over Drake London all day. I mean, yeah. Um, I think you can argue Wilson over most of the other receivers, and I think because the receivers we've already talked about are they have more depth, and I think are better than all the running backs at Suffer Hall. That's why I think that you can justify if you like Wilson. I think you can justify taking him over Breezy, and I I I, I wouldn't suggest a win now team doing that. But if there's a team out there rebuilding, I think Wilson could be more valuable than Breesy Hall in, in even two or three years. All, All right. right. I already know where you're going to go with this last one, but I put it on here. We've already talked about it. So uh, kiss or kick, taking Isaiah Spiller as the number two rookie running back behind Breesy Hall. I would – look, I got Breesy – and then I would put I, a Cook and Walker. I could go either way with that. I, I think they're both they're pretty close. Second, I'm okay if you take Cook as your as that second running back off the board. I'm okay if you take Walker. Um, and then beyond that, I don't know that I would put Spiller even at four. 
you've got, I might take Rashad White over Spiller. Uh, you've got a guy like Damian Pierce, who I don't like a lot, but he might get more um, a, a easier path to playing time in Houston. Um, but I, I could see Spiller in that. If you had said uh, four, you know, pick four, I'm okay with that. But I, w- I would put him anywhere between four and six, best running back in the draft for me. Now, here's a question for you. Would you be shocked if at the end of the year Spiller was the top – Scoring rookie running back. I mean, I would be shocked only because I think Eckler would have to miss three quarters of the season. If you yeah, told he he's been injured so many times in the past, and San Diego is if Eckler tears an ACL in minicamp, preseason, whatever, would I be shocked? No, but he. It's a completely different running back. Like he's an early down mm-hmm. bruiser. He doesn't have any type of speed, so he, he's not going to get you. That he's not going to do that Saquon Barkley fifty yard run for a touchdown. Uh, he's just a couple, a few yards at a time kind of guy. He's not going to catch the ball. So even with that, unless Brecy Hall was injured, I, I, I guess I, I would be shocked if 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 he and Brecy Hall play the same amount of games as a starter. I would be shocked if he beats out Brecy Hall. Now, I have a question for you, something that you didn't mention. You kind of mentioned it, but you didn't directly mention it. You said he's a bruiser, short yardage guy. What do bruisers, short yardage running backs, where do they, they get tend touchdowns. to get the ball? They get touchdowns. They get touchdowns at the goal line. And, but, and but, so, Eckler, but Eckler historically has been a very good goal line running back. He too. has been. He has been when he, when he plays. Um, and, and, again, I was on Spiller heavy – uh, before the draft, of course, he fell. Uh, at one point, I had Spiller ahead of Brucey Hall. Uh, I think you did actually at one point too. And, and, yes. and then they kind of then they kind of flip flopped. Um, yeah, don't get me I, wrong. Here's... I, I can tell you right now: if someone takes Spiller ahead of any, if someone takes Spiller in the top five or six, I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate on that pick just because I don't know what Cook's going to give me. I already told you how I feel about Walker. Those guys could both be in committees, splitting carries, getting on the here's field the, only on third down. Here's the problem. I don't watch much college football. So I don't when, when somebody puts out a list and says it's Spiller and Hall are neck and neck, look, that's what I go with. And so, but what threw that off, I don't know what happened. I can honestly tell you how Spiller, I know he had a bad combine, and that's probably where that draft stock dropped but it had been dropping a little bit before that all i know is he's got fourth round draft stock and that means that so many nfl teams passed on him through the first three rounds so there's there's an issue there because uh, those mean, people those nfl scouts are a lot smarter than i am they know what they're I, looking at i i don't want to beat a dead horse but tom brady was drafting the sixth round okay well uh, look, there's, uh, uh, there's uh, uh, few there's few tom brady's okay uh, elijah mitchell Seventh round. But I would tell you that I don't have a whole lot of faith Elijah Mitchell is going to be anything I, because I, I of that. And, and I do, so that's where we differ. And because of that, I don't I'm not listening because to point. I like Elijah Mitchell a lot, but the, the, the reality is if the Niners draft somebody in the second round next year, Elijah Mitchell's out of a job in San Francisco. I don't care if he puts up fifteen hundred yards this year. 
if they draft somebody in the second or third round, he, he's probably out of a job. If if he puts up fifteen hundred yards, they're not drafting a running back. Just so uh, crazier things have happened. Crazier. Yeah, you're right. I mean, but also, I just I think there's I think there's this it's podcast more likely, has lasted sixty two episodes. I, it's more it's more likely to me that Rashad Penny is hurt for half or three quarters of the year, and Walker ends up being what you're saying Spiller is going to be. There's just, there's more of – I think that's a better chance. So that's why I would definitely take Walker all day over, you know, plus just given his draft, his draft stock. All right, we've talked five minutes and 57 seconds about this. It's way too long. We'll be back after these messages. Uh, no, we won't because we're going to touch on something else first here on my segment. So let me – uh, look, just really quick, because we're going to talk about trades later with, in baseball. We, we did have a couple of football ones this week leading up oh, to the draft. Yeah, so yeah. He's only talking about so, this because he made, he made some trades. Yeah, yeah. So real quick, uh, just now, I gave Detroit Bills backers Corey Davis, Noah Fant, and a third for 212 and Robert Woods, a.k.a. Bobby Trees. We don't – you know, any thoughts on that? doesn't matter. Uh, Robert Woods is the best player in that deal. Um, two twelve, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think you did. I think you right. did well there. All right. Next up, Gridiron. I gave Prime Meridian James Robinson and who, a third who is the for, same guy you just traded with the, in the other league. For yes, for he sent me these. He sent me this and said, "Hey, I'm going to be in the woods." He said, "I'm going to be in the woods for our draft." So I just want to get rid of these seconds. So I said, "Okay." Uh, so he sent me uh, two four this year and a twenty twenty four second for James Robinson the third. No big deal. I think we're good with that. All right, next yeah. up, I give Suga. This is a little big one. I gave Suga McLaurin and Hunter Renfro for Chase Claypool, pick one ten of this year's draft and a twenty twenty three second. Uh, Chase Claypool is terrible. One ten depends on on who's available. The second, whatever. Hunter Renfro is the best player in that deal. And I McLaurin, I don't like that guy, but. Yeah, a lot of people um, do. I, I I think that you probably lost that deal if if, if you like McLaren mm, at all. I don't. Um I don't like McLaren. I don't like Renfro you, like you do now that they've added Adams. Here's the thing, you know, I was talking to Mr. Nelson earlier and I was trying to get Renfro from him and Mr. Nelson made a great point, you know, slot receivers don't die. I mean, look at look at the year Randy Moss had in New England. You still had uh, I think it was Wes Welker at the time playing the slot. He's mm-hmm. throwing hundred and ten catches and a bunch of yards. So Renfro's gonna be just fine, folks. I think he'll be just fine. I just don't think he has another hundred catch season. I think because you had Waller out half the year last year. I think Waller's mm-hmm. gonna take a lot of those middle throws away. Waller right, next did report up, the camp too, which they weren't sure he was gonna do. He did. Uh the last one, real quick, hide and seek. Your boy Nelson gave Suga Cortland Sutton for Donovan, People's Champ, Jones, and the aforementioned Hunter Renfro. I feel like to steal for Nelson. Uh, Sutton, I think, will be fine if he's healthy, but he has had a knack for getting injured. Um, I mean, it's Renfro, it's Renfro and, for Sutton, really. Is yeah, what is, and, uh, yeah, I mean, Nelson tried to tell me People's Jones was the next uh, greatest thing since sliced bread. I laughed at him uh, and countered immediately, and then it went nowhere. But uh, I still like <laughs> what Nelson did here, um, mostly because I don't know what Sutton's going to be. But if Judy is healthy, uh, I think that Judy is going to be the sub there. And Sutton will be fine, but I think Renfro can score as much as Sutton can. And then I'd like to back up. And... Was that? Yeah. I'd like to back up and just uh, reiterate that they got two seconds for a backup running back, James Robinson. But I digress. Uh, I will say, so after that trade with Suga from Hide and Seek, uh, Nelson then sent me an offer. 
Um, it was his pick one nine for my pick two one. So, you know, he'd be moving back two spots essentially. And Zeke and Chris Godwin. <laughs> I got to chuckle out of that offer. Yeah, that sounds like a Nelson offer. I believe. All right. Now, now we'll be right back with a little Thank off goodness. the beaten path. Welcome back to Sports Fantasies with Miller and McCarty. Welcome back Sports Fantasy with Miller and McCarty, episode 60. Uh, Tonight, we're going to go top 10 fantasy draft night needs, snacks, equipment, etc. It's time for Sports Fantasies <laughs> Top 10. Sports Fantasies Top 10. You better tell the people again. I, I, I came in with blurring music over what we're doing here for our top 10. <laughs> top 10 fantasy draft night needs, snacks, equipment, and etc. Okay, top 10 C. Fantasy Draft Night Needs. I like it. McCarty, give us your 10 through 7. Let's get this rolling. Sure. First up, uh, guys and gals like villain. You know, those teams that don't even show up, which means they draft this year maybe Marcus Mariota in the first round on auto draft and allow me to get the people and the players that I want. Uh Shout out to them. We can take it one step further. As far as Noah goes, a.k.a. Villain, because he didn't show up for an actual dynasty draft, not the rookie draft, the actual dynasty draft. <laughs> yes, yes. Got yes. drunk at the parade and passed out multiple That's times. All right, my number nine, uh, a, a draft night need, a dedicated space and schedule. Look, don't don't schedule to go out to dinner. Uh, on your draft night and try and handle it from there. It's not going to work. Uh, now, look, some things are unavoidable. That's understandable. But if you scheduled another event for that night before the draft date was set and it's something that you can get out of, then you need to postpone it, cancel, etc. You need to be just in your own comfort, comfort space. What in the world just <laughs> happened? My number eight that you need. Patience, sir. It's going to be a long night. You got to mentally prepare for that. This also can give you an edge. You know, if the draft, we've had this happen before. The draft is still going at two, three. I remember one. It was four a.m. Basically, all right. You're going to get over until six a.m. I started driving <laughs> yes. to a softball tournament. Yeah, there's going to be Brian was driving because I could not drive. <laughs> there's going to be teams that throw in the towel before that and go on auto draft. That's when you pounce on that opportunity. Stick it out. Don't go on auto draft, especially for startup drafts. That can be the key to setting you up for success for several seasons. Don't be a Karen, Karen. Yes. What's your number seven? Oh, yes, seven. Sorry. Uh, look, maybe this is too low, uh, but a variety of snacks and appetizers. Don't, don't cook a steak dinner. Uh, but, you know, chicken wings is a must. For me, it used to be cheese sticks. That was my go-to during this. Uh, you know, I'm a little more healthy now, so I can't do that. Whatever works for you, just make sure you've got plenty of snacks lined up. 
my favorite thing about this is we went completely different here. I love your this so far, but we went completely different. Number 10, you need a notepad and some pens. Yeah, yeah, true. You're, true, not, get, you're true. not getting anywhere without a notepad and pens. Number number nine, you need a computer. Um, <laughs> okay, yes, yes, yes. It's uh, key. It's key. Pretty important. I mean, you can draft on your phone, but uh, it makes number seven really difficult. We'll get there in a second. Number eight, you need to have on some Bills clothes or your favorite team for whatever sport <laughs> you, you are drafting. Um, true, true. I, like I always come out in my Josh Allen jersey for for the for the football drafts. I come out in you know Cubs gear for the baseball draft. Uh, I even sometimes yeah. throw on some Sabres gear. You know, mostly underwear that I wear during the hockey drafts. Um, I like it. Number seven, you need some pretzels. Uh, pretzel rods, to be more specific, they're long lasting. They'll help hey, you Rod. really grind out the night. And uh, when when you just get angry at someone, it's nothing better than just, you know, taking in a pretzel rod. Just pee rod in it. Okay. Six through four. <laughs> okay. Uh, number six, pickle juice. I'll leave it at that. Number five. Way, way too low. <laughs> yeah, probably. Number five, a good commissioner like you, sir. Because, look, somebody's got to handle the complaints, the restarting of the draft. The accidental picks. I mean, one year I I threw out a minimum bid for a terrible player of like eighty dollars. Didn't mean to do that. And you got to have a commissioner that's able to uh, understand. You've got to back that up. Accidents happen, uh, but just somebody to take all those complaints so that I don't have to. And my number four, a game plan. So you know, draft night should not be the first time you're looking at rankings or the first time you're looking at your roster or the first time, you know, or in a startup, the first time that you're just winging it. Uh, you need to have some type of game plan. It's a draft. It's going to go, it's going to go awry, but, but have some type of game plan going in. All right. Number six for me, you need something sweet. You need to change it up. Most of, most of my snacks on here, I have a couple more of those are salty. So you, you need something sweet. It's just like a piece of gum just to change it up, something to get your mind off of the the, the, the savory, salty snack that you're eating. Um, <laughs> something sweet. Number five, you need a phone. Why do you need a phone? Because I already told you you need a laptop to do the draft. You need a phone so you can talk trash. That way when Dylan drafts somebody <laughs> terrible or LTG drafts Chubba Hubbard, you know, in that first round, you can yes. make sure you're talking all sorts of trash. If you're not talking trash, you're not doing your dynasty or fantasy leagues right. Number four, we have chips and dip. I don't care what chips they are. I don't care what dip it is. It can be chips, just regular chips and regular dip. It can be Tostitos and buffalo chicken wing dip. It can be any kind of dip you want. Chips and salsa even. You need chips and dip at your drink. McCarty, yes. Yeah, you're talking about chips. Let me just uh, real quick, because I know you've been doing a, a, a similar diet. But and one of the big things for me was always, you know, chips. And I've had to cut out like Doritos and all that. So we did find ones at our, our local uh, grocery store here is Kroger. And they're called Hilo. If you see them in any, any of your stores up there, uh, try them out. They are a very low carb version of Doritos. And they are the closest thing to Doritos healthy wise that I've ever found. They're a little too pricey. They're more expensive than they should be, um, but they are very good. I'll be honest. Um, I, 
real quick, I don't want to get too far off on this. Uh, the baked Lay's chips they have, uh, they have a couple different kinds. The cheddar and sour cream ones are my favorite. But uh, serving size, which is typically somewhere between 11 and 17 chips, depending on, on the flavor, are only about 140 calories. There are a few more uh, calories of fat than I'd like. But uh, I've been eating some of those or the, the little single cups of Pringles, single serving cups of Pringles, um, 100 to 120 calories. They give you that salty fix, uh, go well with a lunch. Um, and I've been eating those the whole time. However, I love Doritos. I love Doritos and dip even more. I did get that snack not too long ago. I've been doing very well on my diet. I got it and it almost made me sick. Um, I've had that experience a couple of times where I went away from my diet on a cheat day and um, I have not felt well, especially with the sweet snacks. All that one salty snack with the Doritos and dip uh, sent me kind of in an uproar, really upset my my whole system. I digress. You guys having a killer time? What is your, <laughs> what is your number three, sir? My number three, more into the route you were going. You got to have, you said a computer. I think you got to have multiple computers, at least multiple screens. Uh, one for your draft room, one with a backup draft room in case the computer has to restart, et cetera. You've got to have something to, to get back in there in case you're coming up on the clock. That's you when I stop screen. talking trash and pull it up on my phone. That's, right. that's the expression of the, the rule. And that's that's acceptable. You need one for research. Um, and then you need one for video calls and Skype. Again, like you said, to be able to talk trash. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So my number three, the one thing I have not given up during this diet uh, I only have it once a week now or sometimes once every other week instead of, you know, a couple of times a week it is pizza and chicken wings. It is my favorite thing. And instead yeah. of eating, you know, four slices of pizza and a dozen wings, I typically have two slices and maybe four to six wings. Uh, well, tonight I went a little overboard, but I digress. Um, I've this, got to... This is the key to me being able to stay on this diet. And I am now down 43 pounds. It's amazing. Um, and the key to me being able to stick to it is having that, that cheat day and being able to eat pizza and wings. And that's a must on any draft night. I am eating pizza and or wings every draft night that I have. I love that this has turned into a, a diet top 10. So I, I've, look, I've got to send you, uh, you've got to try this. Just, just try it for me. The, uh, I've talked about it before on here, but the, uh, the pizza that I make that's where the crust is basically, Canned canned chicken. Now cauliflower still has, has car- especially the stuff you buy in the store. The cauliflower stuff isn't really all that good for you, uh, but this is where you make it from scratch, and it's it's the base. Uh, the the, the, the recipe. I'll try it. It's a canned chicken. Oh, it's it's amazing, sir. What's next? What are we up to right now? Uh, you're on number two. What's your number two? Number two is something LTG didn't have for years and years and years. It's reliable internet. I mean, there's <laughs> nothing worse. Nothing worse than uh, draft, you're coming up on a pick, and all of a sudden, it's buffering or your connection goes out. So please, 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 if you don't have a, re- a reliable internet, you're in trouble here. Uh, funny story. This is our second podcast since I've had the new internet. I did get new internet last week. We have the, the fiber optic internet as opposed to the the yeah. um, just good old spectrum. Uh, I've had zero issues with it, even with my stepson gaming. He's gaming right now. We're doing a podcast. It's been pretty flawless tonight. So I've been pretty impressed with it. 
crushing yeah, it's, it. Yeah. It's so early though. So my number two, you're gonna hit my two and one. My number two, being the commissioner and a guy that has to be ready to rewind the draft. You know what I need on every single draft night? I need some liquor. I've had very little liquor since I've been on this diet, but on draft night, I need liquor. You know why? Because somebody's going to yell at me. Somebody's going to yell at somebody. I'm going to get in the middle of it because that's my role as commissioner, and I need to do a shot of something. So liquor is a must. Well, very, very, very aggressive right now. Very aggressive. I, you know, I like to call it pickle juice, but that's okay. It's okay. I'm okay with this. I'll, I'll, I'll call my number one pickle juice. How about that? Okay. All right, we at number one now? Yes, what's your number one? All right, so look, in my situation, and in a lot of people's situation probably, it's an understanding spouse or significant other. This is key to a successful draft night. Must be your spouse listening to the show. Mine does not. I did not include her on the list. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you've got to have somebody that's that's okay with you being up till 6 a.m. drafting fake – players uh and in the same (laughs) uh, and a side note a little bonus tip for all you out there that have a spouse or significant other if you win a fantasy league please 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 i don't it could be very little but or little as much as you want to go spend something on them uh from the winnings uh because look they, they allow us like i'm on my phone at least four hours a day looking at fantasy things. We're sitting on the couch at night watching TV. I'm just looking at my baseball teams, my football teams, whatever. Uh, she puts oh, up. Oh, yeah, so so if, if you're not, you know, if you spend that kind of time on fantasy, plus you know, it costs pickles to play fantasy. If you're not giving some of the proceeds there, shame on you. You owe it to them. Share the winnings. Obviously, McCarty's going to be on – Still sitting in his bed. I might be in the doghouse. Uh, my number one is beer, seltzer, pickle juice, etc. cetera. Uh, mostly because that's what keeps you steady throughout the night. You know, I mean, if I was just drinking my number two, I wouldn't be able to function. Uh, some nights that night that went to 6 a.m., for example, I was barely able to function. Um, luckily, that softball tournament yeah. got rained well, out. I'm glad that you just said a a few things earlier that you had to drive to a softball tournament at 6 a.m., but you were barely Uh, able to. I did not not drive. Uh, Okay, good. Thank you. I'm glad we just wanted to clarify that for all our younger listeners out there. Just, I was very responsible. I had him pick me up, and we got about halfway there, and he drove back because it got canceled, and I was in some no shape to, to drive. All right, can we? Keep moving into baseball and to send this. What's yeah? What I mean, yeah, I've been I've been waiting to move into stuff, and you just keep. I mean, like uh, football, you, you went into like six trades that weren't on my list. Or, I like I like my breaks. Do you need a break here, or do you just want to go in? No, let's do it. Let's let's move. Let's move. We got it. All right, segment three: fantasy baseball, week fourteen, hung jury power rankings. All right, what's your eight through five? Uh, nothing. Go for it. <laughs> All right. I got Shiva at eight, Joe Boo at six, me at five. Or, I'm sorry. Shiva at eight, Joe Boo at seven, me at six, Blaze at five. All right. Charles cool. at four, cool. Suga at three, Clearwater at two, Careless at one. Love it. I agree. I, I flip flopped you and Suga. I almost flip flopped Blaze and I, but I left Blaze at five for one more week. If I can beat Suga this week, it goes a long way. But that's where we're at. All right. Kiss or kick baseball style. What is your three, two, and one, sir? Go ahead. All right, kiss or kick, you making the playoffs. 
<laughs> it's so funny because I have a very similar first question. Man. I'm going to make the playoffs, especially if I beat Suga this week. I, I like where I'm at a lot. Uh, I have a couple. Yeah. Of these, I, I have a couple of easier weeks in Clearwater, and then I finish up with my three division opponents. Um, I can easily down the stretch here go six and one, seven and one. Uh, however many weeks are left, so I kiss that all day. I like the confidence. Uh, my number three, since it's so similar, kiss or kick the Shiva and your Montero team both making the playoffs. Nah, you ain't gonna get in. All right, what's next? No, I, I don't think honestly. I think you could, but I don't think the Shiva does. I'll be honest. I think this is where the Shiva sneaks in. I think Blaze and Joe Boone both fall Blade apart. Shots fired. <laughs> both fall apart down this stretch. I okay. almost invited Blaze out of the show tonight, but I wanted to get out of here before twelve thirty, and we might do that, but probably not. What's your number two? Um, me completing any power rankings on the show the rest of the season. Oh. I love it. Wow, I love that's it. underdog. I love it, and here's why. I know this is a baseball segment, but we're also going to do power rankings for for football. You're a lot more invested in football. You will do power uh, rankings for football. I was, I was referring to baseball. No, so. I, I, listen, that was the backdoor slider. I got it in there. We're good. Moving I on. I feel like it's plus 3,400 that I'm going to do any baseball rankings. Uh, you will do baseball rankings because I will threaten to kick you off the show. All, All right. right. Kiss or kick Freddie Freeman, who is currently – minus 24 points, or Austin Riley, who's currently minus 37 and a half points, finishing in the top three among hitters in our hung jury league. Mm, so what, they're sitting at four and five? Is that what you're four telling Four and five, me? yes, yep. And they're, they're 24 and 37 and a half points, respectively, out of n- number three. Uh, I'm... I'm going to kiss just – I mean, Goldsmith, what, is he still sitting at one? Judge is up there probably. Judge is at one, I believe, now overall. Goldschmidt. I think Goldschmidt still might be up there. Yeah, because – I don't know. Uh, Riley just – I mean, every night I get an alert that he's hitting a home run. Uh, Freddie Freeman is doing what Freddie Freeman does. He hit a home run. It is Aaron Judge, Jose Ramirez, and then Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt is now only 13 points ahead of, ahead of Freddie Freeman. Yeah, Freeman hit a home run tonight. So, yeah, I'll kiss it. I, I think Ramirez is going to stay there. I have more concerns with either a Judge injury. If Judge stays healthy the whole year, he'll be up there. He'll, he'll finish top three. I think Ramirez finishes top three. Um, but, again, you could have a Judge injury. Or I think at some point there's going to be at least a little regression from Goldschmidt, and I, I like Riley and Freeman a little more too. I'll be One honest. of them is in there. I believe they both finished top three because I believe Judge does go on the aisle at some point and fall back, and I believe Goldschmidt falls apart. Of course, Clearwater owns them, so probably not. What's your number one? Kiss or kick future All Star game ties being decided by the home run derby. Although we're never going to see it because we all want to. As soon as they change it and they make it something else, then the tie will happen. Speaking of home run derbies, look at us calling the final two picks. Of course, you you won out because I think you took Soda to win it. But I did, yeah. We picked the two finalists. Uh, we're so smart. I mean, I mean, it's really not that surprising, and there's a reason our names are on the show. All right, kiss or kick. Garrett Cole currently nine points behind uh, the uh, top pitcher in our league. 
finishing the year as the top-scoring pitcher in hung jury a year after being pooped on about his doctoring the ball. Uh, okay, so what is it? El Cantero? Is Cantera, he number one? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, at some point, like he plays for Miami. I, at some point, uh, Cole is going to overtake that. And, and yes, I, I believe he I will. I can believe he's only nine points behind at this point because at one point, El Cantero had like a 40-point lead on everyone and Cole wasn't in the top three. And that was within the last few yeah, weeks. I, Yankees are going to win more games, so I'll take it. All right, what do we got for trades, trades, and more blades, trades? Because I know we need to get this part. Trades, yeah, I've trades, got it. Trades, trades. All right, so combo as usual. There is nothing because that league, nothing happens. Hung jury. We only had two, so this won't take long. Uh, blades sends Suga, Tyler O'Neill, Brady Singer, Nick Pavetta for Freddie Peralta. Uh, Santander of the Orioles and Cole Irvin. Uh, you and I talked about this a little bit off air. Head scratching move by Blades. Uh, Pavetta and O'Neill, I believe, are the two best uh, players in this deal. Uh, Singer is better than Irvin. Peralta's been injured a lot. Santander, he's okay, but he plays in Baltimore. So I like this deal a lot for Suga. Didn't understand what Blades is doing, especially after Blades insisting on. O'Neill from you, I believe, in the trade that you guys made last week. Yeah, he loves O'Neill. I like O'Neill too, but I like his upside. I do as well. But I can only imagine. I mean, he did it because Freddie Peralta, who was a one of the top pitchers last year. The problem is he's injured right now. Pavetta is a dollar and averaging close to fifteen points per game. He's in the fourteen range now. I'm not as high on. I don't think that's sustainable for Pavetta, but the bottom line is he's done it. He did it last year and he's doing it now again. O'Neill by a long shot. uh, You wouldn't trade. I don't think you trade Santander and Cole Irvin for O'Neill. Like, or you wouldn't, you would take O'Neill all day for Santander Mm -hmm. and Cole Irvin. Cole Cole Irvin and Santander are free agents, to be honest. And Um, and I believe you take Pavetta and Singer for Peralta. Right, so it's basically Peralta for Pavetta, Singer, and O'Neill to me, which is a whole lot for even if Peralta averages 15 a game, which I think he's capable of. If Pavetta's giving you 14, Singer's young and even gives you 12 to 13, and then you on top of that you add O'Neill, who averaged 4-2 last year. He gives you 3-5 as a floor. I didn't, I didn't get it either, but anyway. I, I do get getting a top pitcher like Peralta, but not when Pavetta is already doing what Peralta does. And Peralta's And then the second one, which I know you didn't understand. You and I are the only ones that would even care about discussing this trade because it really doesn't matter. It's Taylor Ward for Mitch Hanniger. Nobody else in their right minds would care about this deal at all. Uh, I told you that Hanniger is a year in, year out, three, nine, four point per game guy, but he's injured a lot. Taylor Ward for the first time ever, is averaging four points per game at age 28. I know he was a first-round pick, so he did have some type of draft stock earlier on. I just think Taylor Ward most years is going to be closer to three points than four, where Hanniger is going to be closer to four points than three. So whatever, give me Hanniger. Uh, and, uh, of course, my counter-argument that was is you actually brought up Taylor Ward is only average. Uh, you said one-something. It's actually 2.4 over the last two months. Uh, but 
that is two point four points per game more than than Mitch Haniger right. has averaged over the last two months because Mitch Haniger is not playing, which is pretty standard for Mitch Haniger. So if Mitch Haniger is a four point per game guy and he plays eighty games a year, and uh, Ward is a three point per game guy but he plays one hundred sixty games a year or even one hundred and fifty, um, he is going to outscore him by quite a lot of points. And I understand that, that Mitch Hanniger's four point per game is sexy, but if those 80 games he plays aren't in the second half of the year during the playoffs, it's irrelevant. Uh, because well, Tyler Ward is going to play more games than Mitch Hanniger. Uh, neither of these players are winning you a fantasy championship. So I'm just. They're, they're not, but they could definitely lose it for you if they're not playing. That's maybe he'll get, maybe he'll get healthy. You know, I'm just banking on it. Yeah. That's it for the I trades. Mean, it's, it's, it's possible he gets healthy. Um, it, it's, it's definitely possible. It's not plausible, but it's possible. Not probable. Yeah, All plus, right. Probable. Uh, what, um, what other story do you have tonight? Well, I was going to go. The thing I have written down here was actually one that I did a couple of shows ago that nobody got to hear because we, we cut it out, but you know what? I'm, I'm not even going to do that one. Uh, I was watching tonight on A&E. So A&E has a great series on, it's called, I don't know. It's called wrestling legends or something like that. I don't know the name of the show, but it's all about legends of wrestling. And they do, it's like a two hour documentary on all these people. And so I've been recording them. I've only watched a couple, but they're really good. So the first one I watched was Shawn Michaels. And it just takes you from the beginning of the career to the end. And uh, and then the one I watched tonight was with The Undertaker. And just, you know, we've, talked, we've probably talked about wrestling again. Another thing that we've talked about way too much on the show, more than we should have over the course of 62 episodes. But there's something that just draws me in when it comes to wrestling. But anyway, The Undertaker... Played, I didn't know he played college basketball at a small school, Texas, Texas Wesleyan or something. Um, and he was thinking about going and playing overseas uh, in Lithuania for a little while as a basketball player. And then something happened where he had a, a buddy that was going to go just mess around with wrestling. So that's why he did it. And that's ultimately how he got into it. But just to see kind of the road that it takes to get into, because I always wondered that, like, you know, how does somebody get into something like the, the WWE or whatever. Obviously you've got to be either have a wrestling history or maybe it was in your family or you're six foot 10 and 300 pounds and you're not a basketball player. So you're, you find something else to do. Um, but they were really two kind of different documentaries because Sean uh, Michaels was a lot more uh, kind of turmoil and um, just, Whereas the Undertaker, I mean, he's been on top of the. They say he, it's a thirty-year career that he's had with WWE. He was at WCW to begin with, like when he was first coming up, and when they went to resign him, they told him, "You're a good athlete, but nobody will ever pay money to watch you wrestle. So we're going to offer you the same, basically, rookie contract you offered." So he said, "No, no thanks. I'll I'll bet on myself." And, you know, WWE and all that took him in. And obviously, you know, 30 years later, he's, he's, he, he was obviously, you know, one of the greats, but just kind of cool to see how it all started, you know, how they got their break. They were all different. You know, he, he didn't start out as the undertaker. He started out, started out as a guy named Texas red and they go through these different storylines and there's the craziness of when they brought Kane into it. And the most, 
most ridiculous storyline of all time where his his brother Cain that was burned in a fire and everybody thought he had passed away and now but no he didn't and now he's a wrestler and it's just the the stupidest thing but somehow captivated <laughs> everybody because uh, everybody knows it's fake but you get drawn into it and I don't know it's, right, it's a really right. good series uh, it's to like watch wrestling's that. fake <laughs> it's just a, a a pretty cool show and I didn't the Shawn Michaels one I did not what I did not know was when he fought so Bret Michaels. Um, or sorry, not Brett Michael. Brett Hart was going to be leaving WWE and going to WCW, and so he fought Shawn Michaels. He, Brett Hart had the title in WWE or WWF at the time, and he he fought Shawn Michaels. And Brett Hart, like it was played out, the script was that he was going to win that match, uh, but then at some point in the match, Vince McMahon said, "Ring the bell, ring the bell." And uh, to give Shawn Michaels the victory because he didn't want Bret Hart taken to win and then leave to go to to WCW, and so there was a whole controversy there where they basically told Bret Hart one thing, but they made the the end of the match a different thing, and just kind of crazy to 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 see how that all that plays out. And hear people talking about how it is actually scripted, you know, but scripted or not, scripted or not, just amazing athletes and they throw their bodies on the line and. All, all I hear right now is I need to be the commissioner of some wrestling league because that is a lot of power and control. It sounds like something that I would really thrive in, a position I would thrive in. Um, I'll be quite honest. Uh, the other day, went down memory lane, I was talking to a coworker, and somehow we got on the high school sports, and I was reminded of our my junior year, your senior year. And, of course, we've talked about this a couple of times. Our soccer team was supposed to be unbeatable. We were supposed to be just a, a wrecking ball that ran through sectionals in the states and potentially competing for a state title. We were ranked number one in the state and we lost. Uh, and then basketball, I didn't play. You guys struggled. I think you were about 10 and 10 that year, losing in the second round of sectional. And then come back for baseball. We were not expected to do anything and somehow we got hot at the right time. And of course we had Joel, who we've talked about a couple of times and he kind right. of. He kind of led us through sessions. We got to the finals and we got beat by a very tough opponent team nine to four. Um, but just remembering that and the, the time we had and, and the times we had and kind of reminiscing in those good old days, you know, I, I, I was an athlete at one point in my life. Even if I wasn't a great athlete, I, I was, I was an athlete and now I can't get out of the way of a, a, a softball to get back at me. <laughs> Um, I don't know that many people would have, but I, I digress. Uh, just kind of reminiscing about about that time and the amount of fun we had. And there were a lot of times when I was, I don't know about you, but I, I didn't like where we were growing up at. You know, I thought that maybe that was a better place to be, a, a bigger place. But looking back at it now, I'm really glad that I grew up there and we had the friendships that we had. We played on teams that we did because, um, I think it prepared me a lot more for things I've dealt with in life now in everyday situations at work than I would have been ready to deal with if I grew up somewhere else. So just kind of reminiscing about the good old days and, you know, the Tennessee Valley Jaguar days. As much as it killed us all, we wanted to be Angelica Red Bakers. 
uh, and we were very defiant about that on, you know, Team Color Day for quite a while. So, we would, we would show up to school in our Angelica red and white, and Mrs. Gliven would be all sorts of upset. Very, very sentimental yeah, over there. I had, to, I had to go sentimental, you know. I got hit in the head tonight, so that might play. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, if it makes you feel better every week uh, when I go visit uh, Martha McCarty, my mother, you know, she still has a subscriber to the Booster News. So I will read through the Booster News for, uh, you know, that month's it's, Booster uh, News. Oh, oh, it's oh, good, oh, it's, it's good funny because when I make a home to see Sharon Ray, I, uh, I, I too will look through the Booster News. Uh, speaking of which, I'd be reminisced if I don't mention this. The Allegheny County Fair is going on right now. Of course, it, it is Saturday. And, and the big conclusion at the Allegheny County Fair is what? The Demolition Derby. And yeah. Scotty to Hottie Miller is doing the Demolition Derby this Ooh, year. Ooh, I like uh, that. Nice. My, my son and I are going down Saturday, and we're going to we're gonna go watch Scott bang his demo car and other demo cars uh, for, you know, four minutes of entertainment. And uh, so <laughs> it, it should be a good time. I don't get home nearly as much as I probably should, especially being that's only an hour and a half away. But with my schedule and my son's schedule, it's nearly impossible to get down there. But this weekend it works out where we're going to be able to get down there. Watch Scotty too hotty. Hopefully do some damage. Maybe win a season right. or something in the future. Look, next next uh, episode, our top 10, top 10 Allegheny County Fair attractions, events, whatever. I think that's what we need in there. The people would want it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I already know what my number one is. <laughs> I, I actually know my top three right now. I can give it to well, don't don't spoil it. You got to keep the people anticipated. I will. I will hang on to that. I'll hang on to that for another night. But uh, so yeah, I will be in our hometown on, on Saturday if everything plays off the way it's supposed to. And uh, you know, I will. Uh, I'll report back on how that goes before we do our our top ten. So sounds good. All right, McCarty. All right. Can't believe we're still here. It's twelve eighteen. We're supposed to be done about an hour ago, but we got a late start. Uh, thanks yeah. to softball and dinner running a little late tonight. But uh, uh, thanks for hanging in there with me and uh, enjoy your weekend. I, I know you also have some plans this weekend, so enjoy your weekend, and we'll we'll touch base again hopefully soon. All right. See. You. All right, folks. Have a good week. Sexy boy. I'm not your 